I'm excited about being in church. I like being in new churches. I like meeting a lot of folks. And so I've heard about this church a long time. Brother Matt Marshall and I kind of connected 15, 20 years ago in Illinois. And then Gene Sharp, if you know him, he's part of the radio. Him and I are brother-in-laws. So, um, you know, we, we, he's worked in this area quite a bit. So I know him and his wife and my wife are sisters. And so I just, at the funeral recently of my sister-in-law, Brother Marshall was there. And so we kind of reconnected. And then, then there's Gavino. And we can gossip about him because he's gone, right? No, we won't do that. But uh, I met Gavino when he was nine years old. He was living with my in-laws and his mother, Jane, down in uh, Monterey, Mexico. And I was kind of in the works of trying to be nice and courting my wife and all those things that, you know, guys try to do. And so if, I, I've got some good, good stories on him. So just if you've got enough money, we can talk, you know. <laughs> And so uh, I was laughing because he was talking about the Florida missions trip. Well, we're going to be in Florida uh, with, I think, 90 some of our church and school uh, in February also. And I'm like, well, I can tell the spiritual church because you guys are going on a missions trip. We're going to play. So um, <laughs> it is good to be with you. I, I am uh, a member of Ferry Baptist Church, have been uh, at that church for 44 years. It's in Chesterton, Indiana. And then for the last 20, I've been able to work on staff. Part of that is the college. So I know we're a little bit uh, tight on time, but I think it's good if you haven't, you're not familiar, maybe just to get a little idea through our informational video. I think that's ready to go. So that it's better for you to watch it for me to explain it because I mess things up all the time. And so I think it'd be good if you can just kind of see it. And then afterwards, if you have some questions, I'll talk a little bit more about it when we're done. But we want to get to the Word of God this morning. That's why we're here. But that'll, if we can show that, that would be super this morning. So that's a little bit about what our purpose is, and I, I like to say this. I'm kind of like, I guess, the main recruiter guy, but we're looking for serious young people. Our world's a mess. It's not hard to figure that out, and uh, we're a church, and we're trying to just move ahead. And so I tell young people, if you're serious about serving the Lord, it's very a place to consider. And uh, we're just trying to keep things... I know I can say this now, I think, old-fashioned, we're, we're trying to, and it's kind of not popular today to be old-fashioned, but we're okay with that. We're not trying to build the largest college in, in America or whatever, but uh, if you know of somebody or young people that are here, you say, I'm looking for a place to train, pretty much it's pastoral missions, Christian education, sacred music, uh, church secretary, but everything's geared towards full-time Christian service. That's our purpose, that's our focus, and we just try to keep that focus there, so about 8000 for the year, room and board tuition. We feel like it's pretty reasonable as far as cost is concerned. And pretty much you just plug into what we're doing at our church. And uh, that's what's fun. My wife and I were there 20-some years ago, Brother Gene Sharp. We met in college, so that's why we have all the issues we do because we hung out with each other. But it's just neat to see people just still serving. That's probably the biggest blessing for me. I've been there 44 years, but even as a kid, you know a lot of the students. And so now as I travel... I've got lined up this week to just meet this person and that person that went to school with me or before me, and they're out serving the Lord. And that's what thrills me is to see people still at it. And we need people to do it. We need people to come. You know, we, we, we want to train people. And uh, so if you know of somebody, I've got a little bit of information in the back. And uh, catch me afterwards. But uh, thank you for the privilege to come and be a part. I'm sure stealing your pulpit is not the funnest thing for him to sit there and do, but I'm glad to steal it for a day and then he can get back at it. Would you turn to Luke chapter number 9? Luke chapter number 9, when you find that Luke chapter number 17, you've been sitting for a little bit. I think I'll be kind not make you stand up uh, this morning. 
And I'm just glad to be with you. I feel like I'm finally awake. I'm an hour behind you. So uh, Friday I was at a youth rally in Indianapolis, got home about midnight, and then I got on a bus with high school boys yesterday at 6, and we drove to a wrestling tournament. So I coached till about 3 o'clock and then got home and packed and uh, zipped over here last night. So, and we're on central time, so I lost that hour this morning. So I'm feeling pretty good about now. And uh, my voice is still there, so that's a good thing. And pray for me. I'll be at uh, Grace in Oak Creek, Oak Harbor, sorry, tonight. And then uh, Clyde for their school chapel at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. And then Cleveland Baptist on Tuesday morning. And then Fremont uh, Baptist Temple for their school. And Lord willing, I'll be home about noon. I practice wrestling practice Wednesday afternoon with our boys. So here we go, right? Welcome to 2021. But if we're going to serve the Lord, let's go all out. You might as well do it. And I was challenged even by our president with the last three days of his, uh, his trying to you know, win the election. I think it was in 14 different rallies. I'm like, if he can do that for that, let's get out and hit it for the Lord, right? And so let me encourage you. you know, we, I, I've been around ministry a long time. I don't know your church that well, but I'm excited. Just the beautiful building that you have. I know you're ready to just get these things fired up and going. Uh, we've been running buses for a long time. Right now, we're, we have 23 buses rolling, and uh, we're down, obviously, with COVID, but we started running them back first week of May, and we're in the three or 400 range, which is down. We'd like to be at five or 600 during these times, but just pray for us, and we're seeing God do some special things, discipleship, and I get to do a lot with the teenagers there, so, so pray for our bus ministry that we can keep going to college and uh, Christian school. We have about 140 in our Christian school and uh, we're just trying to keep plugging away for Jesus. So pray for us, if you would. If you don't come visit us, at least throw us on your prayer list. We'll take an extra prayer uh, once a week, once a year, whatever. We'll take all that we can get. Pray for the Ramos family. We have four children. Gideon is a senior this year in high school, praying about his next step. And then Titus is a freshman. People say, Brother Ramos, what's your problem? I say, I have Gideon Titus. Sounds like a disease, but it's actually my two kids. <laughs> but uh, Gideon, and then Titus, he's a freshman. Then Marissa is a seventh grader. And, uh, and then Karis, who's with me, she's actually uh, in the junior church class. She's nine. She's in the third grade. So they all attend our Christian school. The boys are both on bus routes back home. My wife's on a bus route. I work with the bus. We, we just go. So when we're home, we're busy. When we're out, we try to be busy as well. So now that I've thoroughly bored you, all right, let's go to Luke chapter number 9. I asked you to turn there, and I didn't turn there myself. But Luke chapter number 9, we're going to look at a couple verses here, and then we'll look at one verse in Luke chapter 17. Would you pray with me this morning and for me as we look at the Word of God? And uh, hopefully this can be a blessing to you. I like that the, most of the masks are gone so that you can smile. Someone said, if it feels good, notify your face. So let's do that this morning as we pray. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for today. Lord, uh, though we look at things that are kind of awry, and that's probably a light way to say it, awry in our country. I'm so thankful that our hearts cannot be awry because we have Christ. And I'm thankful that we have churches still trying to stay at it. And some churches have just shut down completely. And people have just quit coming altogether. I'm thankful that I'm here even in the morning sir, earlier service and now that we can come and people are here expecting to hear from you. If they hear from me, it's a waste of time. But if they hear from you, and that's what I'm asking, that you would encourage their hearts through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, 
I look, at, uh, look out today, and I do not know the hearts of each individual here. You may be dealing with something very difficult. You might say, I'm on cloud nine. I have no idea. There might be people completely in the middle. We have young people here. You might consider yourself a young people. I like to consider myself a young person, even though I'm 44 years old. But I like to look back sometimes at times in my life that were significant. One was when I was 12, when I trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Most significant decision of my life. But I sit back and think of when I was a kid, and one of the most difficult things for me as a kid was my stature. I was little. My dad called me Peanut. That was not a compliment. You say, I like peanuts. But to be a boy and be called peanut is not a compliment. So therefore, I had this innate desire in my heart to want to grow and get bigger. And so I asked my mom, I said, hey, mom, could you get me a growth chart? And so I would go to that growth chart and I would stand. Sometimes I was disappointed. Other times I cheated so I wouldn't have to be disappointed. And I would go over there and kind of get thicker socks on maybe that day or kind of put my hand up against the wall and kind of like stand on my tippy toes just a little bit and put a pencil above where my hand was. It's like, yeah, I grew. And it was exciting for a peanut. It is a joyful thing to be around people in their spiritual lives that desire to grow. And you say, Brother Amos, I've been saved for 45 years. I've gone as far as I can go. Can I encourage you to say this? You can still grow. And it's an encouragement when a person comes and they get saved, they trust Jesus Christ as their Savior, and they say this, what's next? That's kind of a fun thing for people, to, to pastors and leaders, when there's people like that. What's next? And you say, well, there's this thing called baptism. What does that mean? Well, you kind of show publicly that you're a believer. Let's do it. And then the next thing, what's next? Well, joining the church. Let's do it. And then he said, there's this thing called soul winning. Well, that sounds exciting. Let's do it. And so you see this progression in people's lives. And I know in leadership, it's fun to watch people grow. It's fun to watch people come to Bible college. And maybe they're kind of rough around the edges a little bit, but they come in. They've got a right spirit, a right heart. And you just watch as they grow through that first semester. And then the next semester, and they just keep plugging at it. And you see them graduate, and they go out. And I sit back and watch. I'm like, wow, to see them go from the time that they were a freshman and to see them out serving the Lord. Wow, that's pretty exciting. Growth. 2021 can be a year of growth. But I'd like to kind of bring a warning to you today. You will never grow in your Christian life if you dwell on the past. We're going to talk about 2020 for a long time. But frankly, we're what, 10 days into 2021. I'm already tired of talking about 2020. I really don't want to think about 2020 because 2021 might be worse. He's like, brother, you're depressed. I'm probably, I'm just telling you the facts. I don't know what's really going to happen in 2021, but frankly, I don't care. I would like to see your church. I would like to see our church. I'd like to see our bus ministry grow and grow and grow. And aren't you glad that God is not stagnated by the politics of today? He's not stagnated by the sports and the culture because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Luke chapter 9 is an encouragement for us. I think it may come across as a discouragement, but I think you'll see where we're going. Verse number 57 of Luke chapter number 9. We'll read to the end of the chapter. 
And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Now, how many are teenagers here? I can't really, I didn't really get to meet every teenagers. You feel like a teenager? All right. All right. A couple over here, two over here. All right. So I love when there's a youth conference or special meetings and teenagers come and say, Brother Amos, I committed to follow God with the rest of my life. That thrills me. And people that come and they say, you know what, I'm going to get my life right. I'm going to do this. And I found, though, that it's easy to make commitments. So Jesus has this young man come, a certain man, the Bible says. We don't know his name. He comes and says, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Wow. And then Jesus almost shuts him down. Look at verse 58. Jesus said unto him, "Um, boxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. It's almost almost like, uh, be aware of what you're getting ready to do. And I think it's a good thing to consider the cost. Verse 59, another one says, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, and he said unto another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Verse 60, Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are home at my house. Verse 62 is our text. And Jesus said unto him, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back and looking back and looking back, what's the result? What does Jesus say? He's not fit for the kingdom of God. That, my friends, is strong language. Here's the picture. Again, for our lives, for me, I don't know a whole lot about farming, but I have this picture in my mind of a farmer. And picture them, they put those hands to the plow. And that idea is he's going to go straight ahead. He has intentions of moving forward, moving a direction. He puts his hand to the plow and he begins going with his team of oxen or his team of horses. And it gives the picture that if he turns back, there's going to be a problem. And there's a lot of people today that will say, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest, Lord. I'm with you. I'm all in. And they start going down the path. They start planting that furrow, if you will. And then they start to do this. And it's like that little boy when he starts mowing grass for the first time. And he's got that mower up there and he's pushing away. And he knows, you know, mom and dad are watching. Brother and sister are watching. Hey, hey, hey. And he starts looking back and he starts smiling. I got this. What's his row going to look like? You already know. It's going to meander all over the yard. And he's going to get done at the end of the day. And say, ooh, not so pretty. It all stems from... Looking back, Luke 17, verse 32, I asked you to look there. It's just three words. It's a command from our Lord Jesus. I like memorizing scripture. I really like memorizing verses like this. (laughs) Three three words, John 11, 35, count me in. (laughs) But this one is pretty simple. It just says, remember Lot's wife. Do you know the story? Do we need to go down that Genesis? I think most of us are nodding in agreement. We know the story. What was her demise? She looked back. She was told not to, but she did. I've been to the Dead Sea a couple years ago, and I, I don't know if it was where it was at, but I, in my mind, I'm like, where's that pillar? <laughs> 
Because I strongly believe she became a pillar of salt. That's what the scriptures say. But I have in my mind, a lot of people spiritually are kind of like that. They're literally, by the mercy of God, being brought out of this wicked world. He's saying, I want to remove you before I judge them. And so many of us are so bound to this world, we're kind of like, well. And we look back. So the command today is for us not to look back. Let me give you a couple thoughts. I've got about 20 minutes. I think I, I, got, I have five points. I can do about one for every four minutes. We'll see if I just drop off and just give you two. We'll see what happens. Number one, don't look back at sins that have been forgiven. Do you believe this morning that God is a forgiving God? I believe it. And I think I would have quit a long time ago if I dwelt on those sins that God has said he has already forgiven. First John chapter 1 says this. If, there's that important word though. If we confess our sins, he is, help me out, faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from. Now I have found that. Scripture memory is wonderful to have in our hearts, but sometimes it's really hard for us to live those things. Because there's a lot of people say, man, Brother Ramos, I I would move ahead, but when I was 15, when I was 23, when I was 31, I did this. Let me encourage you today. God is not like us. He forgives. Now, we ought to be like God. But for some reason, when somebody does me wrong, it keeps coming up in my mind again and again and again. And I, in my mind, with effort, I say, I'm not going to remember that, but I do. I'm so glad that God forgives. I shared with the first group that was here this morning. When I was 16, I got kicked out of Fairhaven Christian Academy. I got kicked out of... She's looking at me like, what? why are you preaching today? <laughs> I got kicked out of our youth group. I got kicked off the sports team. I got kicked out of the music, the orchestra that I was a part of. Pretty much, I got kicked out of the, the, the teen Sunday school. I had to go to first grade Sunday school and sit with my mom with my legs crossed and Indian style. I can't even do that today. It was a really rough time in my life. The devil was working overtime on me. But at the same time, I didn't see it. God was working overtime on me. And God used a series of circumstances, that time in particular, to kind of shake my world up a little bit and get me focused off of myself and on him. I don't have the time to tell you, but this was all the time when my dad trusted Christ as Savior. My dad was not a Christian all the years I was in high school until I got to Bible college. He worked at U.S. Steel Mill and Gary for a lot of years and just allowed us to be plugged into the school and so forth. But he, he didn't really want a whole lot of that. But God used that time. And I remember going to my pastor and he's like, Eric, you know, he had some choice words for me. And he says, Eric, you know, you're wrong. And we're just going to remove you from all these things. And that was a tough time in my life. Fast forward about four years later. He calls me in his office and says, Eric, uh, I want you to pray about coming on staff at Fairhaven Baptist Church and Fairhaven Baptist College and so forth. Four years before that, the very same guy kicked me out of these things. Now, if I would just have dwelt on that time at 16 years old, I don't think I would have been able to have the privilege to serve the Lord and be offered that position for you. Are, are, are you with me? 
But I had to come to grips with the fact, yes, I messed up. Yes, I sinned. Yes, I was going down the wrong path. But I remember the time as a young man falling to my knees and saying, God, will you forgive me? And I claimed 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, and I know he forgave me. I will say this. There were people in our church, people connected me that didn't forgive me. But I could not dwell on that. I have to dwell on God's forgiveness. Many of those people aren't even around. They're not even in my life anymore. But God still is. And so you'll never move forward in your growth for the Lord if you're going to dwell on sins that have been already forgiven. Now, if you're living in sin this morning, can I encourage you? Get to the cross because he's ready to forgive. I'm so glad that God's not like me. My daughter's here with me, and I love traveling. There's, she's my secretary on the road, and we travel together. Anytime I'm on the road, one of my kids, my wife, somebody's with me. I think it's important. And she messes up sometimes, believe it or not. I'm like, you're just taking after your mother. Don't tell my wife I said that. <laughs> and she, of all the other ones, I, I don't know where it came from because my other three didn't do this as much, but as soon as I discipline her, She turns around and says, Daddy, I love you. I'm like, I just whooped you. What is wrong with you? But she does. Every single time, I'm like, and and, and quickly our fellowship is restored. Now, what if she came and says, Daddy, I love you. I'm sorry. I pushed her away. I extended my arms, pushed her away and says, do you realize who you just disobeyed? Do you realize the disrespect that is in your heart? Do you realize that foolishness is bound in the heart? And I just preached the snot out of her? And you would sit there and say, what is wrong with that individual? And doesn't he have a heart of forgiveness? You would expect me as a father to forgive readily, yes? That's exactly how God does. He forgives us readily if we confess. Now, I'm not giving us the liberty this morning to just go out and drink and party and carouse and say, well, Brother Rams and God will readily forgive. If we confess, if we repent, he will readily forgive. We shouldn't want to do those things, especially when he bought us with a price. Can I encourage you today? Quit looking back at something you did 10 years ago. I will say we will reap what we sow. I get it. But sow to yourselves in righteousness. At the same time, you'll reap in mercy. Don't look back at sins that have been forgiven. Number two, quickly. Don't look back at defeats that get you down. How many have ever lost in life? Confessional time? No, we won't do that. (laughs) Testimonials. I use sports analogies, so forgive me. Uh, Yesterday, we had five dual matches. We wrestled the number four team in the state. Tuesday, we were in South Bend. We wrestled the number 16 team in the state. Their school is 3,600, 9th through 12th. Our school, K through 12, is 140. There's no business for us to be in these schools. Okay? So yesterday, we wrestled Chesterton High School, 2,200. Valpo High School, 2,700. And then three other schools. We went two and three. But our boys wrestled a duel. We moved to the next match, wrestled a duel. We wrestled five duel matches yesterday. And some of our boys, my boy in particular, didn't do so well. He was one and four. Pretty depressing for him. My other son went five and oh, so that was, that was kind of encouraging. But when Titus came off the mat, I'd kind of put my arm around him and say, hey, 
And I used this phrase often yesterday. I said, keep your head up. He said, what does that mean? It's easy. (laughs) That guy was so mean to me. He pushed my head down on the mat. He made my little nosy bleed. He was not kind to me. He pinned me. (laughs) I told my wife coming here yesterday, I said, the best match our boys wrestled yesterday was the last one. And we got creamed. But they all wrestled the best because we kept encouraging them, quit dwelling on the last match. You with me? Follow the illustration. Can I depress you for a second? You're going to probably fall sometime this year. And if you don't, I will. So I'll just kind of, you know, I'll just take the, take the heat here. I will fall as a husband. I will fail. I should say fail. That sounds fall and fail. Sound. I will fail as a husband. I will fail as a dad. I will fail as a Christian. As I know I'm supposed to be a witness, I probably will not obey the Holy Spirit and pass out a track when he tells me to. Sad to say, I probably will. Although I don't want to, I probably will. Are you with me? And so knowing that, I'm not saying pursuing that, knowing that, understand, you're going to fail, but failure is not final. Keep on going. The Bible says a just man falleth seven times, but what does he do? He rises up again. Again, I love when, when a guy is getting knocked to the canvas and he comes back and he knocks the guy out that's been beating us. That's fun because it's the idea, you know what, I'm not going to quit. 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 I'm going to keep on going for Jesus Christ. Don't let these defeats that have happened in the past get you down. Number three. Don't look back at the past and see that it was better than it was. You say, what do you mean by that? It's a joy to see new Christians, as I said, start growing. But what happens is after like the honeymoon period has worn off, the friends start, the old friends resurface. Right? Uh, We're tithing and then all of a sudden this medical thing pops up. Or this job situation hits. And they're like, ooh, I didn't ask for this. I thought Christianity was supposed to be on this mountaintop for the rest of my life. Uh, They forgot that valleys are involved. And so all of a sudden they start doing this. Hmm. It wasn't so bad back there. Are you with me? And if I remember, they were the ones asking for deliverance from the bondage that they were in. Save me! I want out of this mess. The devil has been harsh to me. I need the Lord. And it's a wonderful time, but then that tough time comes. That's how it was for the people of Israel, was it not? 400 years of slavery. Can you imagine the children watching their fathers come home with lashes across their back, bruised and and thinking, oh man. That was their future. And there comes a man by the name of Moses, and he introduces God to Pharaoh, because Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? And Moses said, you're about to get introduced to him. 
And he did. And with a high and stretched out arm, God depleted, demoralized the nation of Egypt. And the people of Israel stood on the other side of the Red Sea and they sang, the Lord is my song. He is my salvation. He is my strength. Hula-la! And then it got a little tough. The wilderness got a little hot, a little dry. And then they started looking back and saying, we remember the melons and the leeks. I don't get the onions and garlics thing, but they remembered those things. And they looked back and this is what they said. We remember how we freely ate those things. They didn't freely eat anything. But that's what happens. The devil starts to play with our mind says, you know, back there, your old friends and all these things that you did, you could drink and you could party and you could do all this. And it was fun. By the way, let me encourage you by when you're out ministering, understand that a lot of people are going to act like they don't want the Lord, but there are people that do. I had a young man from a school call me on Wednesday morning, highlight of my day. I met him at a wrestling meet. We just talked a little bit. And I get a phone call on Wednesday in the office, and it was this young man. I, I really had no connection with him. He's like, Coach Ramos, I need help. I'm struggling with temptations. He's never come to our church. I've never talked to him more than 10 minutes. There are people still out there searching. Keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. I have no idea what that goes with my third point. But you, you get the point. <laughs> But these people, are they're, they're a mess. And we give them the gospel that can deliver them from that mess. And then they start looking back and we're screaming, Don't! Don't go back! Don't look back! What you have now is wonderful! You know, Christians, sometimes we do the same thing. Maybe your marriage is going really good and pastors helped you with your marriage and then it starts to get a little... You know, weddings are wonderful. It's like... And then they have lots of home problems today, you know why? Because people looking back, getting back into this selfish way of life. The past is not better than it was. Let me, I'm going to give you number four. So group, the first group that was here only got four. You're going to get four. So I told them, I said, if pastor allows me 10 years to come back, we'll get point number five. Number five, or four, sorry. Don't look back at old conflicts that will make you bitter. I want to just pause and think about that for a minute. I don't have any reason to preach this point because I don't know connections here. But I know at our church, there's a lot of young people that get bitter. They did this to me. Now, I've been at the same church 44 plus years. If I look long enough and hard enough, I will find areas that I was treated unfairly. It doesn't take me real long to stop. Like, eh, there, and there, and, and there. Right. And there. And there, and there, and there, and there. And him, and him, him, and her, and that teacher, and that coach, and that youth pastor. What is wrong? Why am I still here? Right. And that's probably why some people still aren't here. And that could be in five years where, why you may not be here. Are you with me? Because you're going to look down at this young man right here that I sat next to. And you know what? 
He just didn't greet me with the holy handshake this morning. What is his problem? He must be backslidden. And things start to go through our mind when people don't treat us the way that we feel we ought to be treated. And so what happens is every time I see this guy, I'm going to remember he did not shake my hand. His shoes were not shined this morning. He must be having home problems. (laughs) And our minds continue to, are you with me? And he did me wrong. She did me wrong. Have you ever stopped to think you may have done somebody else wrong? And I want people to forgive me. Right now, I come and say, please forgive me. What if he said, well, brother, um, I didn't catch the voice inflection, how true that was. Could you say that again? What, did you really mean it? What is wrong with us? I, I'm not trying to be mean, but we're humans. We sin. And I've had to go to my children. I've had to ask their forgiveness. And I'm so glad that they say, Dad, we forgive you. You know what that does? It restores fellowship real quick. And I cannot live my life like the spiritual porcupine. The quilt. But this is killing our churches. And I'm preaching this with passion out of my heart because I'm tired of people hating their pastors and blogging about their pastors and Facebooking their pastors and tweeting their pastors and TikToking. I don't even know what this stuff is. And it's thrown out there. It's all hate. And it'll kill Cornerstone Baptist Church. Don't be part of it. We preach to our kids. Don't pick the scabs. You got a little guy right here. How old's my little man right here? Almost three. What's up? Almost three. And he's going to fall and hurt himself at times and cut himself. Mom's like, no. And he's going to be like, and probably eat the scab. That's just what boys do. And then we pass it along to our friends and they eat them too. I need to be done. I'm really going to get fired for this. I'm having fun though. But you understand as a mom and a dad, that's not good. It's not healthy because it could cause infection. And, so, and you wrap it up and you put gauze and ointment if necessary, right? It's no different in churches and someone's gonna, you're going to fall. You get a spiritual scab if I can say it that way. Don't pick at it. I don't have time to give the illustration that I was going to give But if you dwell on that, you'll never grow in your Christian life. I've seen this way too long. I see people leave our church, and it's some years ago, a few made it on CNN. And I was looking at these six or seven that were spewing things about our church, and frankly, their lives are a train wreck. But they got to have somebody to blame. Well, he spanked me. Yeah, he probably needed more. But we've got to have short memories when it comes to bitterness because I don't know this guy right here. Are you the pastor's son? He's the pastor's son. He probably will do me wrong. And I'm only here for like another hour. But, but are, we, are we so shallow in our lives that we can't forgive somebody? Some of the sweetest meetings I've been is when husband and wives get right with one another. 
And I say husbands and wives because the Bible commands. This is a hard one for me to swallow. It says, husbands, love your wives. Yep, got that. I got her flowers once this year. (laughs) But sometimes we forget that last part of the phrase. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Here's what I said in the earlier service. Bitterness is one of those things, one of those sins that we are very comfortable with. Because what I do is when I see this guy, going back to the guy that won't shake my hand ever, (laughs) he could be at work or doing his thing. I'm at home, and I'm just like cultivating this, petting it. I hate him. What is wrong with us? It It could be for the very fact that he went to shine his shoes, and he ran out. And, and maybe he had COVID on his hand, and he was thinking of me. He's like, you know, I just don't want to. I have no idea what was going on in his mind and brain that day. He might have been looking out for my good. And now I've caused this wall to be built. And what we need, and bypassing my illustration, instead of building walls, we need to build bridges. You know what? I just need to go and say, I haven't been right with you. And he probably didn't even know it. He'd be like, okay. <laughs> I, oh, all right, yeah. Because it was me harboring this and never able to move ahead. One of my favorite verses is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. We teach our kids this, but the end we always forget. We like to say, and be ye kind one to another. Kids, remember that. But the rest of the verse is important. Forgiving one another, and it gives us an example. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Remember the illustration. When I come to God, does he readily forgive? Yes, he does. If we confess, he is faithful. That means every single time. So even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven who? Yeah, me. That's what I'm talking about this morning. As he's forgiven me. So my job is to forgive just like that. And my mind goes to the cross and I'm done. There's books about the seven cries from the cross and sermons of the cries from the cross. And I've tried to read through those, listen to some of those. But probably to me the most difficult one was when Jesus hung there looking down at his murderers. And he said, Father... Forgive them. I'll be honest with you. I probably would have spit on them. I would have spit on them. I would have probably said some choice words that I should not have said. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Now, if Cornerstone Baptist Church is going to move ahead, look here and I'm done. Don't look back at sins that have been forgiven. Don't do it. Don't look back at defeats that get you down. Don't look back at the past and say, well, that church, it was a little easier there. Yeah, it's always easier there. And don't look back at old conflicts that make you bitter. Being bitter will never make you better. And I want to encourage you with that because I feel like from what I can tell, there's a good spirit here. But bitterness is that root that's not known. 
that will spring up. And the Bible says it will defile and trouble many. Your little root will affect many. And I think to help your pastor and his wife and their family, you could be a church member that says, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to be bitter. Wouldn't you love it if, like, everyone here says, I'm going to pray for you this year, every day. I think he wouldn't be upset. Bitterness kills that. Bitterness will keep you from coming on Tuesdays, if, if you're able to, and Wednesdays and Sundays and so forth. But this old conflicts, don't pick at them. Don't pick at them. So here it is. We're done. Let's put our hand to the plow, 2021. Guess what I'm not going to do? Excuse my English. Ain't doing it. Because you have no idea where you'll end up. You have no idea where you end up. Young person, can I give you a hint? It's a good start to practice this stuff now. Because I go to these nursing homes. <laughs> Excuse me for living. But you know why? They never dealt with it when they were your age. My parents, you don't know my parents. I don't. But God does. So much hate amongst Christians. That, oh, not, I expect it from this world because... The devil's the prince and the power of the air, and guess what? He's a murderer. I expect violence from the unsaved. That's, they're just doing what their father tells them to do. But our father is a God of love and forgiveness, so guess what the sons of God ought to do? Love and forgive every single time. i got to shut up. I told him I'd be on time, and I'm not, so forgive me. Let's pray. Hopefully this has been an encouragement. Don't look back. Don't look back.